Greetings, my friends, and welcome to the next episode of the Mint Mob podcast. I'm joined today by my buddy Alex over in Germany, and today we have a special guest. Maria is joining us out of Spain, I believe. She's going to be uh, doing a drop with us inside the Goodfellas NFT universe, and we get the privilege of dropping some of her art on Solana, so we're super excited about that. And today we're going to dive into her world a little bit, and before we do that, we'll just go around a little bit and uh, check in with everybody. So Alex, how's things over in Germany, my friend? Hey man, what's good? First of all, um, thank you Maria for for being a guest. Thank you Jason for being being here every time. Um, yeah, everything is great, man. Um, I mean, we still have green markets, so you know, you know, crypto decides how my mood is. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to the episode today, and I'm looking forward to launching the artist incubator. Fantastic, fantastic, and that brings us to the artist actually. So, uh, Miss Maria, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing great, actually. Uh, you know, today it's really sunny over here, which makes me so happy because it's been raining. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying starting the week, always busy on Mondays. But, you know, like when you're doing what you love, it's not a pain. So really grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me, actually. Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to diving into your universe a little bit. So I know that uh, originally you started, did you originally start dropping your uh, artwork on Cosmos? Is that Was that the origin of some of your original digital pieces or no? Well, if we're talking about Women from Cosmos, which is my beloved project, yes. But actually, I joined the NFT space back on 21 on ETH with my own pieces, like one-on-one art under my personal name, let's say. Okay, fantastic. So you started on ETH, and then um, now you have a collection that's on Cosmos. So your ETH, Cosmos, we're about to add Solana. What other chains are you on? (laughs) Well, I'm definitely multi-chain uh, woman here because even though I started on ETH, uh, as well I have some pieces on Tesos, then Women from Cosmos was born in the Cosmos ecosystem. We explored ordinals as well with our holders. We recently expanded to Polygon and now we're gonna reach Solana. So I think it's a <laughs> real multiverse what I'm building. That's fantastic. I love hearing that too yeah, because... Uh, sorry, I just didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to hang in and just go a little like further back in time and ask you, how did you become an artist? Like, have you done that stuff before you came to NFTs or like, how, how did you get there? Okay, so I'm going to try to keep it short, <laughs> but basically I've been drawing all my life, like since I have memory, to be honest, like drawing has been always my kind of therapy. In the sense that I'm ADHD, I'm a really nervous person. And when I'm drawing, it's the only moment when my mind is calm and quiet. So obviously, I've always loved it. However, as I'm coming from Spain, and to whoever maybe is not familiar with this, uh, art is not an option. Like, art has never been an option to me, never even thought about it, because in Spain, everything related to art and culture is like, there is no hope. Like your better list are gonna survive. Um, you know, if typical situation you talk to your parent when, when you're young, I would love to be an artist. Well, they're gonna laugh at you basically. So actually I took a different career when I was younger uh, and I used to work on the event industry as a project manager. And it was when COVID hit, when obviously I started to have more free time. 
I started to draw more again and was there when, you know, like the water stopped when I decided maybe I'm having a second chance, you know, like maybe I can really try to go and follow my passion, which is art. Because even though if I wasn't working professionally, I've never stopped drawing, right? Like I've always been drawing for myself. And it was in 2020 when I decided, okay, let's gonna jump into the pool. Let's gonna try it. And I started to work as an independent artist from there. That's beautiful, actually. So that means that you're actually an artist by heart. So you started mm -hmm. drawing very early. And um, I've seen that most of your projects do empower women. So how, how did that evolve? Well, I could explain that uh, for many things, but, you know, like, for example, I used to work on the event industry, right? Like the event industry is really, really, really a man-dominated one, like really big time. And you barely see women, like in my case, a leading projects because the project manager was actually the one in charge of the entire event. So I used to lead like different teams, like lighting, staging, video, and so on. And, you know, it was really frustrating just to work the double, the triple, just because of your gender, right, in that industry. So I've always been trying to, I don't know, maybe have this internal fight <laughs> where I really want <coughs> to put a light on the women out there, you know, like working hard to be seen. Um, when I joined the NFT space, obviously in 2021, it was more or less the same, right? Like it was really weird to see women leading big accounts and uh, having projects. So for me, it was clear that it wanted to do my part on that. Um, yeah, I started to create Women from Cosmos and all my pieces. I have to say that all my drawings, like even if I share with you the ones that I did when I was like seven years old, they were always women. And I think it's also because I've been surrounded by really a strong woman in my life that they have been always an inspiration to me. But would you say that you also have a majority of women in your community as a result? Actually, no. Like, I think at least the 90% of my community are men because at the end of the day, the majority of people on the NFT space and crypto are men. Uh, however, they have been, you know, supporting me since the very beginning. We have amazing women in in the community, but the majority are men. Oh, yeah, it's actually like Web3 is probably dominated by men for now. Yes. Um, we, hope, we hope that changes in the future, but it's very good to have you guys or you you females as, as leading artists in the space. And um, I, I already mentioned last time when we were, were on the on the podcast that your art is very, very unique. I think you mentioned it. You got um, Bitcoin collections, Polygon and Cosmos. Uh, Jason mm -hmm. explained it. Um, so this will be a first step into the Solana ecosystem, right? Yes, it's going to be. It's going to be. That's that's great. Um, yeah, maybe for the audience, um, Jason, you can go ahead and tell people how the whole artist incubator is going to work. Sure, yeah. The artist incubator is basically designed to promote people on any chain, no matter where they're coming from, who really have a passion and a heart, uh, you know, intent on creating their best work and bringing it to the to the public, right? And all we're really wanting to do is support that. So we're bringing limited 
uh, numbered pieces to a larger collection that will then house artwork from multiple artists. So in the case of Maria, we have seven original pieces that she created. And I have to brag on her because every pixel is hand drawn. So this is this to me matters a lot. I know a lot we have we see a lot of AI art these days and a lot of copy paste stuff, but this is all hand drawn, which is fantastic. Each piece is slightly different. And when we do the mint on piece number one, for example, there's only going to be 21 prints and each one of those prints will be individually numbered from one to 21. And so technically each piece will actually be a one of one because every piece will be slightly different in some way. And so what we really want to do is create scarcity around quality artwork, um, support the artists, get them on podcasts, help them get their name out there, expose them to multiple communities, and create a lifelong secondary where they can actually earn some income as their pieces trade over time. So it incentivizes everybody to do the right thing because everyone is invested. And the key thing with the artist incubator is this isn't necessarily work for hire. Like we're, we haven't hired Maria to do work for us that we're going to benefit from. Everyone participating benefits uh, from the artist incubator. So Maria will be roy uh, get mint funds, get royalties. Uh, the project will as well. And then that will be reinvested in future pieces and future mints to help other artists. So the whole idea is that this collection grows over time into a massive singular collection that houses multiple artists and multiple pieces of their work. Perfectly explained. Um, you mentioned it. We'll have Maria's pieces minting, like at least the first drop minting on Wednesday from now. Um, Maria, what what is your inspiration for your art? Well, I will say that I've always draw inspired by the beauty of nature, um, woman's strength. I don't want to sound like, you know, saying the same over and over and again. But it's been always that case, like I grew up uh, with my mom, which is coming from the countryside. So, you know, I always went there and spent a lot of amazing time. I've always been like really connected with nature as well. So I always tried to include it on my pieces. I will say that, yes. And how does an actual like work process for you look like so when you start drawing you have an idea and then i i, I remember that you sent me the um the, the main piece uh, back then and he was asking like hey is that okay and i'm going to draw traits around that um like like how does how does your work process look like like how long does it take to create a piece and mm -hmm. like yeah well, actually, it depends on how difficult or, for example, in this piece is having the, you know, the same base. Let's say it was uh, easier for me rather than having different poses on each piece. My one-on-ones, uh, I tend to spend around 15 hours and it's because, uh, you know, like I've never studied art, which obviously I think if I knew, like, you know, like the technical skill, I would be a fast. <laughs> but as being a self-taught artist, obviously it takes me long. I have to say that my process is a lot of redo. Like I'm starting with the sketches and I'm always going back and forth, back and forth since I really love what I'm seeing. I have to say as well that maybe it's going to sound like cheesy in that sense, but I never know how the piece is going to turn out. 
like I can have an idea, but then it's like if the canvas guides me, let's say, you know, like maybe I want to start with a clear idea and end it up with a completely different one. Uh, what is sure is I don't care like how long it takes me. I won't like say that it's done till I'm 100% happy with what I done, which obviously also uh, makes me spend more time, right? Like I'm really, um, how could you say, like self demanding, like a lot. I always try to, you know, add little details that I know that no one is going to realize, but I know they are there, right? So <laughs> I spend a lot, but yes, yes, the canvas will guide me, I will say. So I never know how it's going to end up looking the piece. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you want your art to be to be perfect for you, and and I think as as someone who loves art, you're definitely going to notice. Um, so you you draw all your art on on an iPad, right, or on some mm -hmm. kind of tablet? And, yes. Um, have you ever, have you ever done that, or have you started on on paper, or like how's the progress? Actually, it depends. Uh, obviously, I started drawing on iPad on 2020. I've been all my life drawing with my notebook, right? Like on paper and pencil. But, you know, like uh, when you're working now as a full-time artist, sometimes, obviously, I feel like burnout. So what I do, and if I have to finish something, is I change to the notebook. I started there, and I know it's the same. It's still drawing, but for me, it feels uh, different. So it's depending on how uh, tired I am, let's say. I start on iPad, then I switch to notebook. It's more like sometimes I start on the notebook, and then I send it to the iPad, and there I do all the final touches, because obviously it's easier when you can go... <laughs> go and back with you know changing things yeah it's uh okay, it's kind of interesting when you're so doing creative work like that because you know like uh if you shift the um what would you say the method of creation it shifts your perspective to some degree it like keeps it fresh mm -hmm. you know so if you're on the pad and then you shift to the paper the way that it feels the way that it looks the way that you hold it all of those things impact what comes out of you right Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's brought me like a lot of happiness. Like I remember during last summer, I had like a lot of different commission and things going on, like one project after another, because obviously I work with other projects as well as artists. And I was so burned out, but I needed to send everything that just for the fact by switching to notebook, I felt like I was doing something completely different. So I was refreshed. I could continue, you know, like drawing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You mentioned um, growing up, I think you said you, you spent a lot of time in the countryside and you were talking about how that informed your artwork and how you pulled some inspiration uh, in some of the shapes and some of the topics that you use. But I'm curious what some of your other influences are. You know, obviously um, nature is certainly one. The female form, I think, is also a fantastic um, sort of, different thing in the in the nft space right now there's not a lot of female form so there's female form there's nature what else are some of the things that you're really you know want to convey and, and put across when you're creating well, a piece i have to say of course anime 
like I'm a huge anime fan and fun fact actually is I remember exactly when I was a kid and I was in love with drawing was realizing you know just watching my favorite anime because it's not that I was having fun with the city but also I was amazed by that I was like wow I really want to learn how to draw this as well so I could say like anime actually pushed me when I was you know a kid to okay let's gonna try to draw but definitely anime like I love oriental culture and you could see it in so many of my pieces uh, that I always add in some kind of references Mm -hmm. to for example Japanese culture or Chinese culture and also inspired of one of my favorite anime series oh yeah and what would that be well my favorite one and I know you probably not gonna (laughs) know it because no one knows it is called Fujiji Yugi and it's from the 98, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with yeah. anime. I'm, I've been a comic nerd my whole life, or I guess most of my mm-hmm. adult life. I've got a pretty crazy collection. But yeah, and looking at some of the pieces, like I see the dragon, like you've got some dragon references, um, the shape of the eyes, like the almond-shaped eyes in there as well. I mean, these definitely mm-hmm. s- speak to that love of uh, Asian culture for sure. So we've got anime, we've got nature, we've got female form. What else is mixed in there? To be honest, I will say that and also like personal experience. I know that you cannot see it on the basis because obviously you're not myself, <laughs> right? But for example, the collection I have, uh, on Polygon under my name, which is called my Web3 Journey. Uh, all those pieces were inspired of my own feelings, you know, while draw, you know, while experience uh, in the NFT space. And also, I love to add a lot of personal references to my pieces, like tattoos, uh, even clothing, which I don't know, I think it's fun. But obviously, all of these things, uh, probably no one will realize because if I don't tell, it's like, yes, this is coming (laughs) from this and that, you know, but well, at least I know. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm always curious because the story behind the pieces, I think, are really what make the pieces interesting, you know. So when you when you Mm -hmm. have someone explain and sort of give you a different perspective, it's really beautiful in that, you know, you can kind of live through someone else's eyes for a few moments, you know. Oh, absolutely. And that's why always on my one-on-ones, I always uh, love to add like little descriptions to, you know, trying to people, you know, I'm always trying to people for embrace themselves in the sense that uh, obviously I'm not saying that the Web3 journey has been always like Candyland. Obviously, it's been (laughs) really tough moment as well. But I'm always trying with my arts to give this kind of positive vibes and I have really sad pieces but it still is the idea of <coughs> yes we're going through tough moments but at the end we continue you know like we're resilient we don't give up and you have to keep pushing let's say so that's why I'm always uh, loving like to you know add little description references also from time to time I'm always sharing uh, on Twitter on my personal account like you know sketches uh, versus final piece uh, in real life references versus the actual drawing because I know that even though I may include it on the pieces not everyone 
look at that. So I'm always trying to, you know, give information from time to time for people to realize. Yeah, like little Easter eggs hidden in the artwork, huh? Exactly, yes. That's beautiful. I'm curious, uh, based on, you know, some of the things that you said um, and describing, for example, like your NFT journey pieces, what are some of the highest highs and lowest lows you've experienced in the art world or in the NFT world as you've as you've gone down this path? Well, that's really easy to answer for me because I'm going to answer as an artist as and as a founder. So as an artist, the high high was obviously uh, seeing my artwork being exhibited in one of the biggest NFT events, along with my favorite artists. Like I will never imagine when I joined the NFT space that I was going to be there. Uh, just starting from the idea that I will never imagine I was going to be, you know, working as an artist because as I said at the beginning, that wasn't an option, right, uh, in my path. So that as an artist, as a founder, I have to say, even if it sounds cheesy, I don't care. It is how it is. My biggest high is my community. Like, I'm really grateful for the community I have, which is really inclusive, friendly. We don't have any drama. Like, you know, they know actually why I'm here, why I'm working on what I'm doing, what I'm doing. They actually support my work and my vision. Obviously, there are going to come new people which maybe wants to flip and so on. Okay. But at the end, the ones who remain uh, has been always amazing. And obviously, I wouldn't be here without them. So my pride is my community. And the lowest part, um, as an artist and founder as well, for me, it was definitely Luna Crash. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, but that was uh, a disaster, actually, um, with Luna. I saw all the funds from months of work uh, just disappear from wow. one day to another. Just, yeah, just because I thought that having it on, you know, a stable is going to be safe. <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing now, but it was, it was devastated because... It was also funny enough, all the funds from the very beginning when, you know, it was it's still a bit of kind of a bull market where all my pieces were sold like in the highest prices. So all of that disappeared from one wow. day to another. Yeah, it was really, yeah, it was hard. It was tough, but I don't know. I didn't give up. Uh, I'm really stubborn as well, so <laughs> and I have a lot of passion for my work, so I just continue working, but definitely that was that was one of the worst moments uh, during my path on the Web3 space. Yeah, Luna was brutal. I think they lost something like $22 billion for holders. It was mm -hmm. insane. This was, uh, what, 2022, I believe, that this is when this happened? Yes. Um, you know, so how do you recover from something like that? You know, I, it's funny. Um, everyone has obstacles on their journey and the thing that they want to create. And I think uh, one of the things that I'm noticing in a lot of younger people and uh, people coming up these days is there doesn't seem to be a lot of resilience. There seems to be a lot of people who are willing to quit, you know, without putting mm -hmm. in the work for a long period of time. But obviously that hasn't been the case for you. So when you, when you have those lows, when you do experience those, those negative, um, you know, happenings and on days when you're not feeling creative on days when, you know, things aren't going the way that you feel like they should go, 
you know, what are some of the things that you do or what are some of the ways that you think about overcoming those obstacles so that you can keep going and keep creating? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I think because I really love what I do. Um, also, as I said, I'm a stubborn, I'm a really stubborn person. And, you know, like I don't give up easily at all. Then also, you know, coming from my background, like I had to go through a lot of different steps in my life. So I'm kind of get used to life being, you know, complicated. It's like, okay, (laughs) there we go again. Uh, But I will say, (laughs) yes, it's just like that. (laughs) But I will say, yes, you know, I saw what I could do. Obviously, it was devastated because I was like, okay, Maria, you have been working for months and now you have nothing. But at least I have my community. I have people who love my art and I just keep going. I just keep going. I mean, I keep drawing, I keep pushing, I keep sharing everything. Um, and I trust my vision. Like maybe I'm too much of a dreamer, but I've always see my project being able to reach really huge things let's say like I know my work I know my worth um maybe it's gonna you know take time for me because I don't have like 100 contacts I don't have you know like it's just me um but I've never I've never thought like giving up as an option as an option to be honest like I maybe love my project so much that I don't want to think about it but I don't know it's it's being it play out well because you know after that we're in 2024 I'm, I'm still here next month we're gonna celebrate two years of the project so fantastic i'm curious uh to get your perspective on this and then i'll, I'll flip it back over to alex not to not to dominate the questions but uh I was reading a book from uh, rick rubin who was one of the co-founders of def jam records he's sort of known, well-known for being one of these philosopher types in the music industry or, the, or in and around creatives. And, um, you know, I see a lot of people in the NFT market because there's a low barrier of entry coming in and putting pieces out and then not necessarily mm-hmm. getting the response to the pieces that they think they want. You know, I'll drop in on a Twitter space and it'll be artists and they'll be complaining about, you know, no one's giving me any love here. No one's really sharing my work. No one's really... You know, no one's really, no one's really, no one's really doing whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like they want to quit because they're not getting recognition for doing what they're doing. And to me, that seems a little bit backwards because it seems like if you're into the art side of things that you really want to do the art for the sake of doing the art. It's not necessarily for mm-hmm. other people. But like if other people like it, that's just icing on the cake, right? But um, I'm curious, as an artist, like, what's your perspective on that when it comes to, you know, art for art's sake or art for other people? Well, definitely art for art's sake, because, you know, like, in my project is the example. I know, I know if I have chosen like a different character, not woman, it will be way better because let's be honest, like I'm a really niche you know project it's only ladies because it's what they love to draw and then you know i'm not in this kind of hype mentality djm i don't know how to djm so i'm like i'm providing all of this because uh, the sake of art because i love art is that's why i joined the nft space then all these people who are complaining 
and you know like not getting recognition like i can understand i know the frustration because obviously sometimes when you put so many time behind pieces and then you see this project you know like it being tilled by thousand and thousand but you have to remember that we are on the nft space we are on crypto crypto has a lot of digital people because that's what they are here so obviously you cannot expect to reach the same audience indeed i would rather to have few collectors who really love my art rather than trying to reach everyone right i think like people need to actually remember where we are right and stop comparing maybe yourself with other because it's there is no point like i cannot compare myself with huge pfp project because first of all i'm a solo team like i don't have contacts i don't have you know a lot of people behind chilling my things so obviously i think sometimes people need to remember that and also you need to put the work like in the sense of the nft space like one-on-one art space uh, you have if you want to be supported you have to support others as well right like you cannot expect to mean one piece and okay i'm gonna sell out but well who are you <laughs> what is your story have you ever been in contact with other people like you know there is a lot of work actually there is more work in the sense of trying to put your your work out there than the actual art process I'm sorry, I think I start rambling, but <laughs> I hope I, I answered the question. That's perfectly okay. We've we've got uh, digital tape here, so we're not wasting anything. Say anything you want to say, get it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can appreciate that for sure. Um, Alex, I'll flip it back over to you, my friend. Yeah, I've actually just looked through through all of your collections, and I find that your love for anime is, is very evident, especially in the kids' collections. Mm-hmm. Um, do will there ever be a man from Cosmos collection? <laughs> the question, yes. Well, the only males in my collection are the kids, which was like, okay, okay, let's go now, open the doors. But I don't think so, to be honest, because it's not my style. It's not what I love drawing. And going back again on what we've been discussing, like what is the point for me to do something I don't really enjoy, right? So no, I'm gonna remain with ladies. I think. You know the beautiful yeah, thing about the. Oh, sorry, man. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The, the beautiful thing about the yeah. female form is that it's not just the ladies who like the ladies; it's the men who like the ladies, right? Yes, but then it's more complicated for people to use it as PFP, right? Like, (laughs) they're not going to use it. But yes, I guess so. I mean, you can see it in my community. The majority are men. Um, They love my ladies. They have been supporting me for two years already. So, but I don't know. And also, to be honest, like I've done, obviously, in the past commission and so on, and I still, maybe it's myself, but I'm still seeing, like, even the men I draw, like, they look girly. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I just mentioned that you have a lot of collections. So, I think on your website, I just saw around 10. Mm-hmm. Um so if someone wants to become part of the woman from Cosmos family today, what would be the best way to do so? Okay, there I will ask the person 
depending on if you want one-on-one art or not because you know that is one of the things like as women from cosmos launching with the stargaze at the beginning they didn't have the option for me to add new pieces to a current collection so for example the th- the the three ones are actually one like the main one but obviously they had to split it so maybe it's a bit too much but answering your question obviously first of all depending on where you have your fans if you're on polygon but obviously women from cosmos polygon era if you're on a stargaze it's gonna depend on your what you love the most like i have my one-on-one collection which was the og collection divided on three different ones we have rockabellas which is poorly pineapple you know pinup girls and the kids collection which actually the little ones on the families from my community are the ones that enjoyed the most so i would say it's depending on what you love the most which kind of a style you're looking for but you know if you have any question or whatever you always can join our discord and we will guide you through the different collections okay and and if we try to give people a little like a little outlook into the future like what what can people expect will you drop another collections or are you planning something okay so love that question because you know even though i i mean I'm really sorry that they have to have my collection split it, to be honest, because I know it may be a bit confusing for people who are not familiar with my universe. But right now, uh, I have different things. So related to Maria, the artist, under my name, I have a one-on-one collection, which is on Polygon, and I have like really small drop every month i started last month uh, it was the first drop and this is the one that i said before is inspired on my feelings and emotion during my web3 journey it's called my web3 journey um there are monthly drops like really small one two three pieces they are put on actions that is one thing all the holders have you know like different monthly airdrops and so on and then going back with women from cosmos right now we recently created a free mint it was for the holders it was a reward uh, and it was also commissioning one of my favorite pixel artists because one of the things behind women from cosmos and i wanted to take the opportunity to share is that one of the main core of the project is to give back and support other creative communities so it's something something really important for me and my project to do so. So we recently did the free mint and now we have two things. One is a one-on-one collection, uh, which is coming from collaboration with other projects. We recently did one for Valentine's with another project in Polygon. And I minted the one-on-one on Stargaze though in the Cosmos ecosystem, it is through action and it's always related to the thing and the collaboration we do with that project. And in the near future, uh, it's coming the final collection of Women From Cosmos. And I'm saying the final because I'm not gonna launch more generative. I'm not gonna do more bigger collection. I'm going back to my one-on-one path, which is with what I started, Women From Cosmos, and what I love the most. So we're gonna have our 
beauty ladies one-on-one that everyone loves and has been asking for one one-on-one again <laughs> and that collection is not gonna have a, a limit meaning that i'm not gonna say we're launching whatever pieces it's gonna be again like my collection under my name monthly drops one-on-one it will be go through actions most probably and it will keep growing along the time that will be the one i will continue you know like dropping art under that collection and that will be it that's perfect i mean i i think it's always great to see when people when people have a different approach on like creating a a creating an nft project because you know most people just go ahead create a 10k collection then try to mint it uh, mint it out and then do whatever see what they can do but you can actually see that you are very dedicated about what you do and that you care about your community and oh, yes. that's yeah and and you you probably know that that's like not the normal state in, in the nft space so um it's it's very great yeah thank you so much i know it's not normal however i feel like some people are really get used to it and don't really appreciate uh, because it's what you said like i've put i don't even know but way too much like giving back not only like other projects and other artists because that is something that i really wanted to do and that's why i created women from cosmos like not only to represent women but also to being able to support other artists because it's something that I've always been doing when I was selling my one-on-one art before my project. But, um, you know, like, uh, I feel I gave all the options for everyone. Like, we started with a one-on-one pieces, then I created generative because some of the community couldn't afford the one-on-ones and they were, you know, asking me, please, if you can do a bigger one. I did that. But I want to be, you know, true to myself, right? And what I enjoy the most is my one-on-one art. And what I, you know, I don't know, I, I just love it. I think you have like endless possibilities. And at the end is what I said, like, I know I joined the NFT space because of art and I want to continue doing that. I know it's more complicated, right? Because obviously you're looking at that really niche a group of people in like yes if you love my art you will collect it it's not the general out there you know like people wanted to the floor price to go by 10 by 20 whatever well we're not here for that you know and that i don't know i really want to go back to that and i think like by doing it i also educate other people or at least I continue with my fight. I don't care. Like, it's my fight. Like, seriously, bring back the value of art to the space. Even though Women from Cosmos have a lot of different utilities, I barely say it uh, because I'm still considering myself an art project. Like, we have more things, yes. But if you want to join us, it's because you love art in the first place. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and I love, I love that you're actually like not reliant on the on the usual nft degens who who just want to flip for for a quick dollar um and instead like build a community that really values your art and and wants to collect it like like you just mentioned um yeah so i i think we have learned a lot about you today um i'm i'm personally done with my questions do you have anything else jason 
Um, yeah, I could, I mean, I could ask a ton of questions, but one of the things that, or I should ask, do we have a hard <laughs> out? Does, does everyone have to go at a certain moment? I, I should have asked at the top of the hour. No, oh, not really. Good. I still have one hour, so. You still have time. How about you, Alex? Do you need to, to jet? Are you good or what? <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, when I was listening to Maria talk, I was, I was, I had two ideas and one of the ones was like, we should have had her on last week when we were talking about AI art on the spaces. And so oh, yeah. when you were talking about how you're talking about your creative process and, and how you want to really focus on bringing the value of art back to what it is that you're doing or what it is that you're seeing in the marketplace. I'm curious now that we've had this AI discussion and this, you know, I'm putting every pixel on the page discussion. Where do you stand on AI art versus you know, hand-drawn art? Mm, to be honest, uh, I don't have any problem with AI. I mean, I have problem with people copy, uh, you know, like traditional art and do it through AI and say that it's from them, which is not. I actually know artists who use AI and they spend a lot of time behind it. You know, it's not that just I put some prompts and I have the piece, then they go, they edit on Photoshop. This kind of art, artist and art made through AI, I think it's pretty valid. Like, let's be honest, like I try to do AI like for some backgrounds and I sucks with time. Like, you know, like <laughs> I don't know how to do this amazing, beautiful images. So I guess you have to, you know, have some knowledge to do it properly and spend some time. So I think it is art as well. I think it all depends on how you use it and how you sell it, right? Like, as I said, if you're copying other artists and just putting it through AI, that is stealing and that uh, is not okay. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that I wanted to mention as I was listening to you talk about your passion for the female form and in what it is that you're creating is, I don't know if Alex told you this or not, but we actually have a, a ladies collection. Did he tell you this? No. Okay, so we have a ladies collection that um, we're going to basically end up relaunching because the artwork was stolen, much like the original pieces were. And obviously we want to get through the, you know, the original pieces first, but uh, some of the artwork, it would be really cool to have someone like yourself go through and maybe update some of the pieces, especially the hairstyles and maybe some of the traits. And um, maybe this is a conversation we can have later. Obviously, I'm just brainstorming right now. But in looking at your pieces, I think it would be beautiful to have you do some of that kind of stuff. Um, if that's something that oh, you'd that's be interested will in. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be kind of uh, kind of sick because it would be almost like a collaboration of different styles. And then of course, you could, you know, put your creative spin on it. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously, I'm just thinking outside the box for the future. But that's definitely something that's coming. We Those pieces are... I think could definitely use an update and could definitely be improved. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, in your female form, you've included a lot more detail, I think, than what was included, especially in some of the traits like the hair and that sort of thing. And I think that really, mm -hmm. you know, sets some of the pieces off. Oh, yes, absolutely. And thank you for that. Like, I have to say, I'm going to send flowers to myself for a second. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I have to say Do that it. actually, yeah, I'm going to say, it. let's go. No, that's true. Like, I think one of the things that my art maybe 
can difference from other like PFP collection, even if we're talking about generative collection here, is like I really do include like a lot, a lot of small details on all the traits, you know, like it's not just this simple feature, hair and nothing else. Like I include obviously like shades and even on the hairs, like little hairs, uh, you know, like a bit of highlights. I don't know. But yes, yes, I would love that for sure. Yeah, I was just, uh, while you were talking, I was looking at some of the, I was looking through the seven pieces that you sent that we're going to end up dropping and just zooming in on the pieces. And I was just picking up some of the things that you pulled, you know, from the tattoos to like uh, the little um, like blood stains on the bat and, you know, these little things that you've kind of combined from different pieces. And uh, mm -hmm. I could definitely see the, the detail that you put in. And I think, in fact, in looking at some of the pieces and listening to you talk, I think the way that I'm going to tease your collection is I'm going to post little zoom in shots of a lot of these little details and not give away the whole image. I think it's going to be really sick. Oh, I love it. That is how I used to release my one-on-one -on -one pieces at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Memories, yes. Definitely. Very cool. Um, so I'm curious, uh, one other thing um, on your pieces, you, when I look in the bottom corner, I see a little signature, a little tag, and I'm curious mm -hmm. what that what that means because it's not your name, so, or is it your name, or is it some representation of your name? Yes, it's kind of a representation of my name, but I cannot say more just for, pri not privacy, more like safety, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I was just curious if that was a mark or, or something similar to that. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Alex, back to you, my friend. Anything else you wanted to uh, bring to the forefront today? Uh, yeah, I actually had the AI question on the table as well, so you already did that. Um, <laughs> but I was actually really enjoying listening to you guys. Um, but I, like I said, I, I'm through with my questions. So um, if if you're done as well, I think... Um, yeah, Maria, do you have anything to add? No, I'm just looking forward, to be honest, really excited. It's going to be the first time my art is reaching Solana. Uh, obviously, uh, if you're going to do like any space or whatever, please send it to me because actually on Wednesday I'm going to be traveling. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a bit difficult, but I really want to share everything and make people aware as well. But, but you already live in Spain, so where do you travel? <laughs> I'm going to one of the parties. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, I think we are through for today. Um, Maria, a big, big thank you to you for joining us today, uh, for being with us. Um, we are looking forward to work with you in the future, definitely, if you're up for that. I think um, Jason has some great ideas, as I just noticed. So, um, yeah, um, I think we are through here. So I would um, take the opportunity to thank you both and... Um, Yes, goodbye from my side. Have a great night. Have a great day, Jason. And yeah, with the words, with the words to you, man.
<laughs> of course, man. Of course. Yeah. I appreciate uh, you being here, Maria. It was uh, cool to dive into your mm -hmm. world. Um, I hope we get the uh, opportunity to, to do some more content together. I'd like to get to know you a little bit more and, and learn what's really driving you. And so thanks for being here and sharing all that. And um, Alex, thanks for uh, taking time out. And uh, obviously we'll get on the next podcast and see you guys in the next episode.